Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. I'm Anna David, and I interview actors, writers, musicians, and other creatives about addiction, recovery, and sharing their dark to find their light. Well, I think that all my heroes were drug addicts. This podcast features both the interviews and the stories. The interviews often share the dark. The stories often share the light. Oh, yes. I had eight butt cakes while watching 35 Forensic Files, but I did not drink. Are you a light hustler? Keep listening to find out. And I was like, really? Like, that's you? That's that's it? That's what I am? I'm just bad at being uncomfortable? So simple, and it also makes me feel like it's such a dick. Hey guys, it's Anna here, Anna David, the host of Light Hustler Podcast. You are listening to right at this moment. Thank you so much for listening. I have a fabulous episode for you today. If you're new to the show, welcome. I'm a New York Times bestselling author um, of eight books. I've written hundreds of articles about addiction recovery. I'm in recovery over 18 years. Blah, diddy, blah. And um, sometimes, as you heard in the intro, sometimes these are stories, sometimes these are interviews, sometimes they're from Facebook Live. This was done in person, in a home. Yeah, that's right. I went to a home. And what's really interesting about it, uh, you'll hear this. It's the second time that I've done this interview, but it is the first time it is being released. What? So keep listening if you want to know why that happened. Um, If you also want to know how a guy went from struggling with addiction to selling over 100,000 copies of his book appearing every week on Dr. Phil and, um, you know, seeing his book, which is called Best Self, Be You, Only Better, at the top of the New York Times bestseller list. Um, His name is Mike Bayer. It's a great interview. I'm excited for you to hear it. The audio is good because uh, none of that Facebook Live nonsense. And the only other things I want to tell you, I want to tell you about CEO Day LA. I don't know when you're listening to this, but if it is before June 29th, 2019, then it's possible there are still tickets available. It's going to be a day at a West Hollywood estate where we're going to be guiding people through having all these influencers, whether you hate that word or love that word, people with, you know, hundreds of thousands of Instagram followers. And we're going to be walking people through the process of sharing stories, sharing your dark to find your light, but doing it on Instagram. There's going to be these gift bags that have tons of products in there. So go to sheeoshow.com for information on that. S-H-E-O show.com. SheeO, by the way, is the a uh, new show that I co-host, which is on Apple TV and Roku. Uh, it's really fun. If you follow me on Instagram, you can see all about that, at Anna B. David. But enough about me and CEO and that. I'm going to give you Mike Bear. Again, you've listened, so you know how super casual it is. Hi. Hey. Hi, hi, hi. Mike, thank you so much for doing this. 
Thanks for having me, Anna. I um, have already given you a proper intro in the world of this podcast, so the listener already knows who you are. But what they may not know is that this is our second time sitting down. Can I just say this? Yeah. It's our second time sitting in the exact same place. I don't think this dog was here. Yeah, she may have been out at a... For a walk or something. This dog's pretty damn cute. <laughs> she she just, is. She just kissed me. She's a labradoodle. Um, but, you know, this podcast has been through many incarnations. And in one of them, I was like working with some people that uh, I can now say I'm not signed to any NDAs. Like we're some of the most dysfunctional people I have ever worked with. And what, and you very smartly were like, you know what? I don't know if like, I like this is after we recorded. I don't know yeah. if I want to be like associated with that. And I was like, I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've, I've worked in treatment now. I've been sober over 17 years and I've worked in treatment for about 16 years because my first one of my first sober jobs was working as a tech and overnight tech. And one of the reasons I kind of started to do a lot more outside of the addiction industry was because um, I started to have those feelings that you experienced, which is, um, is my purpose aligning with what I'm working with yeah. and the people I'm working with? And um, what is integrity and what are ethics and um, what are mine and uh, what happens when I work with people that have different ethics. Right. And um, I think, uh, you know, uh, working in the recovery business is interesting because unlike a lot of, you know, most or I should say this, I, I think a lot of businesses that people start, they don't have as much of a personal heart or story mm-hmm. as uh, the treatment industry. Right, right. They and that also, creates something a little different, you know? Yeah, but what, I mean, the immorality that is rife in this business is like nothing I've ever seen. And we live in Hollywood, where, which is supposed to be an incredibly immoral place. Like, it blows my mind. What I think it was the confluence of... Um, there are people who, a lot of people, their first sober job is working mm. in a rehab. They're not sober terribly long. Right. Then Obamacare really changed the insurance game. And the confluence of that, you know, what I saw, saw what I've seen happen now is so disgusting. Right. Well, I, I think in life, in any industry or anything, whenever someone says, um, if you just did this, you would make a lot of money. Yeah. My eyebrow always goes up, right? Because uh, if it was that easy and there were no consequences, right? But a lot of people, I think, fell into that trap of, oh, well, um, you know, if I go bill someone a lot for drug testing, or uh, I say we treat this, but we don't, and I, um, I think it shake. A lot of people have been shaken out for the good, and I, I think, um, I love recovery. Yeah. I love sobriety. Yeah. And, um, you know, I started off as a tech doing overnight shifts. And then I did my internship at Hazelden. And then I uh, did interventions for many years. And and then I started a treatment center, which is cast centers in my apartment in Santa Monica and had some janky, beat up office space that I would be paying $1,200 a month. And I had no idea how I was going to afford it Mm. and it started with one group a week and um that has evolved into a you know an outpatient center in west hollywood and uh i worked a lot with entertainers Mm -hmm. and then i got sick of working with entertainers so i started going to kurdistan which is part of iraq Mm -hmm. um because i was really uh 
motivated to help uh, people that really had no hope and no shot. Mm -hmm. um, I'm actually going out there again in a month mm -hmm. um, and I go alone. And so that, I, that, I, that's where I find my balance is like, I just. Right. That's polar opposite. Polar, like a total addict. <laughs> What, so okay, but a, but a few questions. So you yeah. decide to start um, a, a treatment center or a rehab group yeah. outside out of your apartment. How yeah. do you do that? Well, I never understood. I when I did my uh, internship at Hazelden, I remember speaking to a woman who had been in the business a really long time, the treatment center business, and and something fell off to me when I first got sober and when I went through school that um, addicts were all unique. Mm -hmm. Whereas to me, everyone is unique in their own way. Mm -hmm. And everyone has a story. Mm -hmm. Everyone has a trauma. Everyone has a light. Everyone has a spirit. Everyone is has their own version of authenticity. And so I've always been really passionate about helping people figure out, you know, who they truly are, um, what they truly want, and uh, kind of how to get from point A to point B. And I just felt like after doing interventions for many years, I just kind of wanted to create my own vision for. And, and so how do you, how do you start working like with entertainers or anybody? What do you do? Do you start telling people you get certified and then you start telling people this is what right. I do? Well, I, I started working as an interventionist at 24. Um, and I worked for an intervention company and at the time they were called AIR uh -huh. addiction intervention resources and their hub was in St. Paul, Minnesota. And so I went from being a counselor after I was, you know, certified alcohol and drug abuse counselor. I then was like the show intervention. I don't even know if it was out yet. Right. Right. Um, and there was this thing, it just sounded really exciting and seeing the, the, phenomenal thing about interventions is you get to see somebody's light turn on yeah and you get to help people see that light and you get to help a family and so i went for in order for people to start calling me to do interventions i needed to do my homework mm -hmm. so i literally i wasn't paid to do this i probably visited over a hundred treatment centers in southern california I live with my mom because I couldn't afford an apartment. Here in LA. In Orange County. Uh -huh. So I traveled all over driving. Um, I don't even think I got miles reimbursement. Right. But I, want, I knew that if I wanted to compete with some of these interventionists that have been around a long time, I better know everyone and everything in my area. And so I would go to community centers. I wanted to be able to speak to a family and say like, oh, your daughter went through this program. I know that program. I visited it. Right. Maybe here's a better one. Right. So uh, I then kind of thought I wanted to get into the sober living business, uh -huh. um, which I'm out of now. Um, but I also owned a web company called Black Sheep Web Technologies. Mm -hmm. I gave jobs to recovering alcoholics and addicts. I realized that business is impossible to monetize mm -hmm. because people who are newly sober typically uh, don't have the focus. Mm. And uh, but I've done a lot of different things in recovery. And then eventually through my doing interventions, um, I started to get called into um, different crises with entertainers. Mm -hmm. And um, and that became kind of word of mouth. And um, 
and it's just everything keeps evolving, you know, and then you start instead of working with addiction, I started working with uh, crises, just right. Any crisis, any, any crisis from right. um, somebody gets cheated on and it's in the news to, um, you know, somebody passed away in the family. Like, and so what do you do? What do you think your gift is that you get called to do that? What do you do when you walk in and someone's just had this crisis? Is there one thing you say or do? Uh, well, I mean, and by the way, I don't have all the answers at all. You got so, something going on. I got something. Or the, the phone wouldn't ring. Well, you know, I mean, I think I, um, it's a good quiet. I don't. How do I uh, not narcissistically answer this question? Uh, why are people? Why yeah. do people trust me or hire me or own, bring me own in? Own your greatness, yeah. Yeah, oh my great. Thank you. Yeah, we got we got a uh, coach Anna. Yeah, with me. I, hey, I coach too, sort of. I, we all do, sort of. Day to day yeah. life. Yeah, we all we're do. all in sales and we're all in coaching. I mean, that's been one of the biggest challenges. I'm I'm on, you know, Doctor Phil almost every week. Yeah. One of the challenges I have is sometimes I feel like on TV, men are wanted to be seen as just having the answers, strong, teaching, and you have these, you have to do it in a very short soundbite. Yeah. And I, uh, the feedback I've gotten uh, is, at times from uh, some of the producers is, is to, um, uh, what, did they, what did they say? You can come, you could be a little less humble is the feedback. Well, look, you really took it to heart because I can't even get you to say something about what your greatness. <laughs> well, I, I look, I think I'm, I'm, I think I'm creative. I think I think outside the box. Uh -huh. I think I am completely okay with somebody not hiring me. Right, right, right. I think I have no fear of anyone I walk into the room with because no human is better than another human. Mm -hmm. I think that we all struggle. Um, and I think that I... Um, I'm people felt safe with me mm -hmm. and I think I'm incredibly resourceful. So mm -hmm. if somebody was to work with me, I would know a lot of resources. Just like when I started my career yeah. knowing all the treatment centers, you know, it would be that I knew a lot of different attorneys and agents and, um, strategies and had experience, but like, I am not in, I'm, I've always in my career, whenever I feel like I've kind of gotten to a certain point, I then like to reinvent. Same. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So. Because it's boring otherwise. Yeah. And I want to push myself. Yeah. You know, we're only here one time. As far as we know. As far as we know. Mm -hmm. um, and I want to, I want to, I want to push myself, you know? So do you think, I'm imagining also, you bring a lot of personal experience. If you got sober, there mm -hmm. were crises, there were things that brought you to change your life. Like, can you talk a little bit about that? There are, but you know what's interesting with clients? I never really divulge uh, whether I'm sober or not. Okay. I talk very little about myself. Okay. It was the training I had. Yeah, yeah. Was how do you help someone if they know nothing about you? Yeah. That's how I got trained. Yeah. Um, but my background is I grew up in Orange County. I, um, you know, smoked weed, wasn't happy, miserable, you know, like a lot was fun. It was a party. And then, it and then eventually it wasn't. Yeah. I got addicted to crystal meth, um, which I'm grateful for because that drug will bring you down quickly. It's either going to bring you to treatment or bring you to prison yeah. <laughs> or jail. You yeah. know, it's very quick. Yeah. And um, I uh, was just one of those that was sick and tired of being sick and tired and looked in the mirror and said to myself, 
um, I don't like who I see. And interestingly, it, it literally, I would look at myself in the mirror and in full judgment, look mm. back and say, um, you are a loser, you know, yeah. like you and it are was true. Yeah, it was true. To me, it was true. Yeah, right? I mean, at the time. And then now I do a ritual before whenever I'm doing something that's really important. I look at myself in the mirror and I give myself a mantra, you know, so it's we don't change who we are per se we just change what we do and how we do it and what we say to ourselves oh i see why you're on dr phil that was a great soundbite oh good we don't change who we are we just change I, I see i can't do it that's why i'm not on dr phil every week um no but let's okay so let's just talk about the book because we were okay. talking before and people don't know as much as i know about what a ridiculous sensation it is and how few books really do this you may not even know this mm. um like you're just so over a hundred thousand copies sold the, the right. average book sells something like 500 copies, just to, to, to put it, at, you know, where we go. Um, and so it's called Best Self, Be You, Only Better. It came out in January. Right. It's been on the New York Times bestseller list for 13 weeks. What did you say? On um, and off. Yeah, it's been on the business list, the advice list. and um, But it got to number two on one of them. Amazon. Yeah. No, I thought it was New York Times. Whatever. It's all good. <laughs> um, so this book, so you signed a book deal, what, last year or the year before? I did last year uh, in, I want to say, September, and it came out in January. Are you kidding me? No. So did you- It you, was a- it was You a, already had Dr. Phil's support and all of that back I then. I did, yeah. He And he he's written nine books. Yeah. And um, we would get lunch and I would throw different concepts at him. I still do it now that I'm writing a, a book too. Mm-hmm. I still, he, he I, I mean, <laughs> he deals, you know, I, I think like sometimes when we're really, it, for anyone, when we're truly inspired, we have so many ideas and sometimes yeah. the dots don't connect at all. Right. I'm one of those. Right, right, right. But it's a lot of fun. Right. So he really helped me button it up and really have a focus and and he was right what what writing a book does as somebody who's a helper is it really helps you figure out your symbol system it really figure helps you figure out what do you have to say in this world right how do you crystallize what you have to say what do you believe what do you think what do you feel and by the way it may shift as you write more books and you yeah. know because you've written a lot of successful books yeah and i um the response has been really good, and and so I just started this year speaking at different. Um, like I was with the Dallas Cowboys last week for uh-huh. the rookies, uh, which was awesome. So what does that mean? You go in and you're talking about living your best self. Well, yeah. So they bl- they brought me in for player development, uh-huh. and so there are 25 rookies, and um, you know I, you, this is life, right? Like I never. I never had on my vision board writing a book and I never had on my vision board that I would be speaking. Right. Um, but I couldn't tell with myself if the reason I didn't want to do stuff was because I truly didn't like it or if I felt like I just wasn't good at it. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we don't do things that we could be extremely talented with just because we think, eh, I'm not that good at it. Right. And so... Um, I went out there and I helped them uh, identify, uh, which we talk about in Best Self. My best self is a wizard named Merlin. Um, 
and who's a thousand years old, mm-hmm. who's super wise. Mm-hmm. And that's why I have wizards. We're in my house and you see the artwork. There's a wizard there. Oh, yeah. And then I have this tattoo on my arm. Okay. I'm stripping. Listener, he's taking off his clothes. Oh, and that is a big tattoo. <laughs> that's a big wizard. Yeah. So I, um, for the season, really, what I like to create is I help people to figure out who they authentically are, who they truly are. And our parents give us names, mm-hmm. um, but we can create whatever name we want for ourselves. We even can change our birth certificate, although I'm not changing my name to Merlin. Mm-hmm. But it's really a, uh, it's, I, I like to help people identify who they authentically and truly are. That's what we call their best self. Mm -hmm. And then we create their Mm anti-self, which is the part of them currently in their life that is getting in the way of them being their best self. And everyone has one. Yeah. It's this thing. It's whatever the critic is, the voices, you know, in in recovery, they may call it, uh, what do they call it? Um, Oh, God. What do they call it? There's a name for... You mean like your bad, your shadow self? Yeah, like the shadow self, or they call it um, in the literature. Oh, oh, hold on. They call it... uh, uh, Oh, Jesus Christ. So it'll come back. Not sneaky. Um, No, we'll we'll get it. But, But I like to really... Because I believe... I believe everyone is unique. Yeah. I like to help people really identify what their anti self is. And always name it. Always, and they draw it. And it is, it's going to be too late by the time you hear it. You can't have joined the Best Self Challenge. You still can. Oh, I thought it was just May. Well, I first started, and we first launched it in May, and then it's done really well. It's and for it's life. Lot, it's for life. Okay. The Best Self Challenge is, is a lifestyle challenge. So so just search that hashtag on Instagram, and you'll see thousands of people took yeah, the challenge. Yeah, we, I, I had... Um, including me. Including you. Which, thank you so much. You're so welcome. Yeah, I... Um, uh, and so I like to help people find their anti-self, mm-hmm. draw it, describe it. Mm. And then um, I've always been into assessments. And so I created kind of my own uh, type of assessment called the Seven Spheres. It's an acronym mm-hmm. uh, for someone living their best life, and which I've used uh, throughout the years. And then it's about now that we know who your best self is, your anti-self, what area of your life you want to improve. Now let's set some real goals. And so I teach people how to really set goals in their life. Amazing. And then we wrap the book. So is, <clears throat> what does Sphere, Seven Spheres stand for if it's an acronym? Sure. So uh, the S is for social. The P is for personal. The H is for health. The E is for education, which is also evolving because mm-hmm. a lot of people stop educating themselves when they're done with school. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't, though. They'll mm-hmm. keep reading or being interested. R is for relationships, um, family, and then also if you have a significant other, dating someone. Uh, the other E is for employment, or if you're retired, it's earnings. Mm-hmm. And then the S is for spiritual development. And I have people rate from a 1 to 10 where they stand in those different areas because sometimes mm. it's it, it's a very easy method to take a look at. This is how I see this area of my, my life. This is what uh, I need to work on. And then we go, okay, well, how would your best self handle that area of your life? I love this. So it's like that life wheel that everybody uses, but it's your version of it. Right. Um, and and um, when did you come up with this? Well, I always, um, I mean, I'm always coming up with stuff. Yeah. But I mean, how does one come up with that? Do you go? I mean, the truth is fear. why, you know why, to answer your question now, thinking about it, why some of these uh clients who I, I would say are more higher functioning than me, like hired me, is because every day I create a new exercise for them. 
every single day I create something new. Because how, how does that? So you're meditating the more you're in the shower. Like what? How does that happen? I would just be inspired by what the previous day's conversation. Like there were some clients I spoke to every day for ninety days. I had to create a new exercise based upon who they are authentically for ninety days. But I would have like a direction. So like. It was, you know, I could be with somebody who says, you know, I'm never going to get married and, you know, I'm so unhappy and, you know, no man loves me. And so one exercise could be, hey, we're going to go to the restaurant down the street and I want you to point out a happy couple for me. And after you point out the happy couple, do you mind if I go talk to them? Like, it's stuff like that. I love that. And then you learn they're really not happy. (laughs) Well, it's not even if they're happy or not happy. It's this idea uh, that somehow we are not enough and we all have that part in different areas that believes we're not enough and um we it doesn't match reality Mm -hmm. it are you know it's like our glasses our lens however we're looking at it is just not accurate and it takes somebody walking them through some people would do better with more um and a lot of it depends on their culture what their religion is you know Everyone's and different. what their parents said to them before they were 10 years old. Right. I think that's everything. It is a lot. Unfortunately. It is. Not. You know, I was reading this um, or listening to this. Um, his name's Albert Ellis. He's uh, came up with a rational emotive behavioral therapy. They say he's like kind of one of the godfathers of REBT. And he was saying uh, in this interview that I watched, really old interview, and he's really quirky, but that are at a certain point, the people who, uh, cannot stop blaming their parents and can't just take responsibilities for themselves forever end up with a mentality. Yeah. That's it's somebody else's fault. Yeah. Well, no, at a certain age, it's our own fault. Yeah. Not somebody else's. Well, and that's why the 12 steps are kind of genius because, you know, they get you to kind of go, okay, so even if this is quote unquote, somebody's fault, my part in it is that I'm still holding on to something that happened for 30 years ago. Yeah. You know, totally. I wish I wish there was, you know, I feel like there needs to be a 2019 version of the traditions. I also think the book should evolve. I mean, like, I I feel like uh, it's the same reason why there's so many arguments with religion, with the Bible or what have you. It's because it didn't evolve. And to me, I'm like the traditionalists want everything to stay the same. Like very few people walking into the rooms today are strictly alcohol. And, yeah. and so we have to change all the symbol system and no, this isn't what God means and this isn't what this means. But I, and I, look, and this is coming from someone who got sober in the rooms, yeah. right? But I, I think like, <clears throat> uh, I don't know how I got on that tangent. It's a good one though. But I just, yeah. I, I feel like things should evolve. We evolve. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I have a very weird, th- you know, I have find fault with most things. And for some reason with the book and the program, I really don't. I'm in a. I'm doing a book study right now where I sit there Amazing. with like this 82 year old man who's got 40 years of sobriety and he tells us what to highlight and I hate it and it's hell and I've never felt better since I started doing it. Wow. I don't know what it's doing to me, but I'm miserable when I'm there. <laughs> Two hours every Monday night. Are you kidding me? And what, like, what makes you so happy? Do you think? I have no idea. Well, let's figure it out. Well, I think it's because I want it. Yeah, come to the book study. He only <laughs> opens it periodically. It, I, I believe that, you know, when I first got sober and I was, and I, and I, I do believe it was that I was not just getting, you know, depressants out of my body, but like getting introduced to this idea of some spiritual mm-hmm. entity that wants, that, that loves me. Right. My life, I was happy. My life 
grew and changed. And then the longer I was sober, the further I got away from that because this miracle of like the idea of like drugs and alcohol getting removed, like whatever. It's I've been over sober every eighteen years. Like that doesn't even right. seem. Like, and something about this book study is bringing me back to, and I'm, you know, not religious at all. It's bringing me back to this idea of God and that God is love and that I can choose to approach you with love and him with love and yeah. that dog with love, or I can choose to go to my natural self, which may not be that. I'm with you. And I, you bring up a good, so you're 18 years sober yeah, and you got sober with the book or whatever, yeah. right? The book doesn't talk about social media. No. The book doesn't talk about some of the things that I believe younger generations yep. are going to want. Now, I'm not saying throw away the old book. Yeah. Still keep it, but have, I, I just think I it know, would be cool to a, have. It's a none, you can't win battle. They, you know, they did a new version what, when you were about four years sober. Yeah. And like. It was it, such a big deal. It was such a big deal. And all they did was like, <laughs> they didn't maybe fun. add like they added a gay like three couple. Yeah, they added a gay couple and yeah. a few stories, right? Yeah. You know, and they do think they mentioned the internet, possibly. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. For some reason, I'm like, you know, because I use my soup is all these different things. I'm doing EMDR. Yeah. I meditate. Like, I, I get that it's a whole it's a whole group of things that I need. Yeah. And I think everybody's like that. Yeah, I think it's a loose garment. Yeah. Right? You've got to figure out your fit. So, but how do you think you've been... And by the way, I'm not at all saying that, hey, Big Book has to change. I'm just saying like... Right there. I, this is the headline. I know. But I do, think, I do think for some younger generations as I work with them... Yeah, it, they don't it, relate. That don't relate. I think it could be helpful. I, I'm sure that, you know, I don't know what the answer is, but... I don't either. I don't either. But I, I'm not interested in the battle. I'm not interested no. in like, is it a disease? I don't, I don't really care you know, <laughs> right. I like the word addict. I don't have a problem with right. it. I think it's a good word. Yeah. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a compliment. <laughs> I really do. Right. Addicts are like the coolest, smartest, funniest, most successful people I know. Right. Great. Yeah. Um, but I'm still curious, like what it is like in you, like as a kid, did you ever picture yourself? Like who, who is this guy that comes up with this, like, uh, this this exercise and gets to go tell people like what to do. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that's super fun that you're like, I just came up with this exercise. You're going to go, we're going to go talk to this happy couple. Like, what is it? Like, I mean, sure you trained as an interventionist, but like, right. like, w I mean, what do you think set you up to be able to do that? Uh, well, yeah, I don't, I don't what, what would be an example of an answer? I don't know. I just think like, <laughs> For instance, I'm a writer and a publisher, yeah. right? I started writing when I was like eight years old. That was like when I wrote my first story. Were you uh, that counseling your mom? Were you somebody that just knew how to do this? That like had this assurance? You know what it is? I think I've always marched my own beat and I've never been a follower. Yeah. And ever. It's actually been uh, a blessing and a curse for me because I think... Uh, to be a follower of some sort, I mean, like, is to follow a community or a group or an organization or be a part of it. And, and community and connection is so important. Yeah. It's so important. It helps our lights turn on. There's just something about being around people that are like-minded that, that just feels great. Yeah. And I also, um, like, always question when things are, um, everyone's saying the same thing. I start to question it because yeah. I'm like, that can't be right. Because ever I have this belief that we all have our own stories and our own life, and right. And I think that I just always have been really creative and in, in my approach. Yeah. And um, 
and I think I believe in people a lot. So I uh, become like kind of inspired and obsessed with it mm. to where I really get committed and feel um, so excited. Like, you know, even clients that I have now, like I get so excited when I feel like I'm able to uh, realize something about them. Mm. And I just, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think it's, I'm, I, I, I would just say I, I question things and I march to my own beat and I, and I, um, I believe in, you know, the universe wants us to win and I try to light up other people's candles instead of burning them out. And I am really self-aware yeah. of my own darkness or struggles. And um, I ask for help. Mm-hmm. And I don't, um, I, think, I think a lot of people ask for help maybe when they're in a crisis, but they don't ask for help with simple things. Yeah. And yeah. I do. Yeah. Because I feel like there's so many amazing people out there. You know, I met Dr. Phil March 29th of last year. Oh my God. Yeah. And I went to lunch. And how did this happen? How did so this happen? So I threw this, uh, we had this uh, kind of self-help speaking motivational tour that I was a part of. Yes, I remember this. And Dr. Phil spoke in LA. And after he spoke, I just was, you know, I, I just thought, wow, I really, he's a really smart guy. Like, you know, I, I'm not watching the show daily because it's on at three. Mm-hmm. Um, but wow, he's a really smart guy. And I, I don't know a lot about him. Right. I, I don't know a lot. And um, and so I went to lunch with him and a uh, manager. And I thought, I arranged this lunch and I thought that I would be uh, kind of building connection for my this manager that I work with and uh, for Dr. Phil. Maybe he wanted some of the clients I worked with. Right. And the whole thing we entered, it was called the dining uh, dining room. It's on the Paramount lot. Mm-hmm. And it, he was sitting at this huge round table alone mm-hmm. uh, on his iPad because mm-hmm. he's always on his iPad. And I walked up and we ended up having lunch for three hours. And by the end of that lunch, um, suddenly the this manager, um, his name's Phil McIntyre, and Dr. Phil um, said, you're going to be going by Coach Mike now. And they had this whole vision for me. And I went on my first episode four days later. This was last year. Last year. Okay. And uh, never with no intention of ever being on TV, no intention of ever writing a book. Wow. Not, nothing on, a, like I said, nothing on my vision board would have been that. Do you have a vision board? No, I used to. I remember with my grandma, huh. you know, to hang out with her, I would do stuff like that. She was, was ahead of her time. With her she was ahead boards. of her time. And it's, it's like sometimes, you know, with her grandparents, it's like, what do you do? Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. but, you know, like uh, we would cut up magazines and That's everything. That's cute. And what happened was I just kept going on episodes. So where, did you have hesitations about going by Coach Mike? Well, the title I go by is Life Coach uh, Mike Bear. Yeah. And I, I was coming up with everything not to be called a life coach. You know, Yeah, like yeah. Counselor, interventionist, advisor, uh, recovery manager, you know, and eventually... Um, I just was like, you know what? It's I'm essentially coaching life. Yeah. Um, and I think because there's so I had this kind of, I had this strong opinion about people out there who are promising the world. Yeah. Through their work. Yeah. And uh, you know, saying you know you're gonna 
today you're miserable in your job, but in a year from now, boy, you're going to be sitting on the beach, you know, having a martini or a mocktini or whatever, right. whatever it is. And I just, I didn't want to be, I thought maybe, yeah, but, but what I came to realize was I could carve it and pave it and own it in my own way. And, um, I was not, I thought I would do one episode and then, you know, that was it. Cause that's, but then I went on another, you know, almost 30, uh, in the last year and on his, uh, I'm on, on his advisory board and, um, he's taught me so much, you know, uh, about, uh, how to be, because on television, you know, you, you, there's a time limit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you want to have a breakthrough. Yeah. And, and. I did not realize either on every one of his shows, you're given a 200 page, basically like a biopsych social, huge medical histories. There's consultants advising on every case. There's like, basically it was more, there was more information on a client than I was ever getting in these treatment centers I worked at. Right, right. And, uh, and, and the average person calls in 15 times or writes in before they're accepted on the show. So they have yeah. to really be committed. Yeah. And then we give pretty much on every show a, you know, a resource, a paid yeah. a free resource. So it's been really cool to, this is kind of my next phase of uh, my work, you know? It, uh, and so the book deal, does somebody come to you once, once you're already on the show every week? No, um, Dr. Phil introduced me to Jan Miller. Yeah. And then um, Jan Miller, She's been around forever. Right. She's a fabulous woman. Fabulous. This is the she, Houston lady. Uh, she's in Dallas. Dallas, yeah. Dallas. And then we met with the the different publishers and um and uh What you know. and what's that like to have this book be the sensation when, you know, people who are listening who've always wanted to write a book want to kill you because it wasn't even something you wanted to do. But the thing but that's the thing, right? So like um you never it's and it's the truth. It's it's uh, I've realized, you know, you, you don't, and it's, it's a saying, right? Don't compare your insides, insides to yeah. other people's outsides. Right. You know, like, uh, I'm ex exceedingly grateful because I now, I wrote in a style where I'm somebody's life coach uh -huh. and I can give it to them for, you know, whatever it costs for the book. Right. Um, I think that, um, everyone's journey is is different like right. i i think like i you know if there's other books that sell way more than i sell how many They're, they, yeah, they yeah. exist though right eat pray love did what's that eat pray, eat, love, pray did. love did and there's there's other books Maybe. too but you know i think what i try to do um you know it's it's i have to i've learned to try to admire and not compare yeah and if i can admire other people I'm, look, I'm brand new at speaking and going to events. I could certainly look out at all these people who do it. And right. I could say, A, I either could go, well, I'm not that good. or Because you're comparing yourself to somebody who's done it for 20 years. Or B, I could say, um, not enough people want me. I, I, you can say whatever you want to say. You can tell yourself any story. You tell yourself any like your story. Your best self or your, or your worst self. Well, if you're anti-self, yeah. Sorry, you're anti-self. No, no, it's okay. But like, you know, and this is what I was thinking when you said, you know, neither on your vision board. Like with a book, you can get people to help you. With speaking, you got to do it to get better at it. None of us are born speakers, I think. I mean, or some of us are born with an affinity for it. My right. great speaking training was uh, the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous. Right. 
I'm just like, this is the best training to yeah. do public speaking. Yeah, you got a timer. You learn how to do it. You know, you got to know what the you crowd's going to like. Right. It's relatability. It's a safe audience. Yep. People relate. They'll laugh at anything. Right. That's yeah, true. I started going into schools recently. Yeah. And, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, that's, that's the thing is, again, w- w- any of these things, I always ask people for help. Yeah. I ask other people who speak. Yeah. And I say, well, what's your art to speaking? Yeah. And how was it? For you at the beginning if you know even with other authors what was it like for you to write right now i'm writing book two so i'm like don't you feel like you squeezed everything out in book one even though i know i have more yeah but um you know and, and the thing about being an author is it forces you especially if you write in the vein of self-help it forces you to really question everything that you think yeah. that you're putting out there you know i um i was <laughs> I, and you can end up in the, as you know, as a writer, you can end up down a rabbit hole where you're like, where am I going with this? Right. And the, am I saying this because of something going on in my life and I'm projecting? Right. Or do I truly know this is what helps people? Right. And so I always need to make sure that I'm operating from, is this, who am I picturing in my mind? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting for me. I'm, I'm like the opposite. I don't know what, I never tell anybody. And like when my... I did a book where they wanted me to, HarperCollins wanted me to do, uh, do a guide, do like sex and the single girl for now. And I'm like, I don't even know how to live. I certainly don't know how to tell anyone how to do anything. Like my method, which is why I'm not. Well, it's why you get to write fiction. Yeah, I do nonfiction now. Well, and now I'm not writing at all, really. I mean, I'm doing books just for fun. Didn't you just come out Yes, but it's just for fun. It's a totally different experience. There was nothing stressful about it. I wrote it. It was just like, I didn't care how it did. I released it. You created art. You just wanted to create your I, art. And it was so much more fun than any of my traditionally published books, which were highly stressful. Yeah. This was just fun. But mostly, I'm really psyched to be able to help other people who are not writers who really can use books for their businesses and to help their brand or whatever right. it is. It's really you fun. You know, and, and I, think, I think that's extremely helpful for people that you do that because it is, uh, you know, people don't know where to start. Mm-mm. They don't understand um, what they're really trying to say. Yeah. They they don't know how to structure typically. Yeah. I, I certainly didn't. Yeah. Um, and just what the process is and how do you yeah. self-publish? How do you get a publisher? How do you do all of these things? So the fact that you can help people do that, so many stories need to be told that haven't been told. You yeah, know? and it's like it's really easy right now to like go upload something. Like you and I could go upload something right now, but like why put something out that's not going to be amazing? Yeah. Why bother? Okay, we got to get close to wrapping up. This has been awesome. But what about cast? Is there anything you want to say? So it's a it's a is it a treatment center? It's Yeah, so ca- cast centers is um so we have different programs. Mm-hmm. So we have a, a full 5-day-a-week program which is a partial hospitalization program. We have an intensive outpatient program. We have an evening program. We also have a coaching program for people who are just looking to uh, have a better life. They're not addicts or they could have been in recovery, really about achieving your goals and the accountability. And um, our model is based off what we created called the cast alignment model, which is aligning with who you truly are. And that's Mm -hmm. what we believe is the compass to getting sober, getting your dreams or your your goals accomplished. It's really 
who you truly are and let's operate from that place. And we like to help people heal so they can get back into who they truly are. Because often uh, people are, uh, can be very dysfunctional when they're just not in their true selves. Like, and, and I think um, half of our clients are, you know, with drug addiction, substance abuse. The other half are more depression and anxiety with no substance abuse or depends. Did you know so. I went and spoke there, by the way? You when? hooked me up at a certain point. I needed to practice. I was doing a TEDx talk, and I needed and you to spoke practice. for us. Yeah, and you and I just was like, I need to practice in front of like sober people and blah blah blah. And like you sent me to someone. I went up. It was greatest experience ever. Oh, amazing! Yeah, is it still? It's like right. Yeah, you'll straight. have to come back. You'll have to speak at our alumni um, meeting that's once a week. They'd love you. Yeah, I think it was your alumni meeting. Well, maybe. then you got to come on back. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, they. We'd love to have you because it it offers a lot to the people. Who and are, Patrick, does he still teach? Yep, or, Patrick's still there. Best. Yeah, Patrick's a writer. I know he used to write for me at um, after party. He's wow. the greatest. Yeah, he's great. Um, former bank robber. Oh yeah, hot. <laughs> uh, so sexy. Um, pardoned by Jerry Brown. Wow. Should add. Oh yeah, he's not a felon anymore. Anyway, we're not talking about him. He's been on the podcast though. I love um, him. Well, Mike, thank you so much. Thank um, you. This has been wonderful. And people can find you. Um, you're on Instagram at Coach Mike. It's Coach Mike Bear uh, on all social media platforms and CoachMikeBear.com is the website. And the book is called Best Self, Be You, Only Better. And I think there's a website for it. I think I saw that somewhere. It's just, if you go to coachmikebear.com, yeah. you are set. Be we have assessments on the site, oh, you know. Oh, I'm gonna go do an assessment. Be the 101th person, that's not a word, to buy the book, kidding. Um, okay, thank you so much. Thank you.